Upstream with Jim and John, father and son conversations about discipleship and culture in the Pacific Northwest. I'm John, and I'm Jim, and today we're gonna we're gonna really open a can of worms. <laughs> if you have a relationship with a significant other, an SO, mm-hmm. uh, either a girlfriend, boyfriend, spouse, and we're gonna talk about what part, how much of your relationship is supposed to be developmental for that person, helping them become a better person, and how much of it is supposed to be unconditional acceptance of their flaws and how do you know when to do what so right so i'd like uh at what point do you um confront something instead of supporting something yes yes yeah or push for uh improvement or keep your mouth shut and just accommodate the behavior yeah. Yeah. This so is, this will be this will be really fun. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Hopefully we're both still married at the end of this. Yeah. Uh, but before that, it's story time. So do you have a story for us, John? I do. The story itself is a little brief, but it's the culmination of years of a story. Oh, really? Yeah. So I've been with my now wife for three and a half years, which mm-hmm. for me is a long time. That's a long time. Yeah. Maybe longer. I think it's... Well, you're in trouble now because she's going to hear this podcast. <laughs> I mean, we know for sure that she and my mother listen. Yeah, at least. <laughs> uh, three and a half years. I just did the math in my head. Okay. Three and a half years. So um, early on, we're, we're pretty similar people. But early on, we noticed the key difference was uh, rule following. Mm. So if we're walking into a Safeway, she will not go through the exit door. She will only go through the entrance door. Even really? if we're closer and there's no one coming through the exit door. I'd be going that way, and she would tug me, you know, by force to the that's to the entrance yeah. door. Yeah, and so uh, came to a head where early on we were in. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Man, if this is the biggest problem you guys have, no, you're you're loaded. That's well, awesome. We're doing pretty good. Yeah, but uh, we were in uh, U District in Seattle, <laughs> University District, and you know it's it's a mess. All that the the, oh, the way yeah. the roads are laid yeah. out, and so there's this parking lot and. Um, I'm going to... You're going to go in the out area. I'm going to go in the out area. Exactly. And uh, she's like, you can't do that. <laughs> and, and I'm like, watch me. And I, <laughs> I just... I did it. Oh, that's And awesome. it was so simple. Yeah. And, he, yeah, and it worked. And uh, it wasn't really that big of a fight. Was, <laughs> did you really say watch me? Big. No, but I did it. <laughs> <laughs> but you didn't say watch me. See, no. it's funny how when guys tell stories about their you know a scenario with their wives I'm the, they the always macho, portray themselves yeah. more macho yeah. and bold than they actually were <laughs> this was a long time ago this was like a few months after we were or maybe maybe it was like our and i told her yeah. stop with yourself edith <laughs> <laughs> anyway that's funny i'm sure i didn't say it that <laughs> um, but anyway so this this happens all the time uh driving you know i take a, a close yellow light maybe Ooh. maybe an orange light yeah um uh, anyway, the other day, yesterday, we were in a parking lot, and there was, uh, it, it was silly. It was, um, it was by the mall. Do you know where like the Eddie Bauer is and all that? And that whole kind of parking lot on its own is oh, yeah. kind of a mess. Yeah. And so there was the only way, the only normal way out was a was an entrance only, even though it was very broad. And the other way, you had to go kind of around. And so she goes, "Well, just, just go in that thing." I was, Whoa. Yeah. And I was like, "What?" 
Who are you? Uh, what have you done with my wife? <laughs> exactly. So uh, anyway, that's the that's the culmination of the years of stories that either I'm having some effect on her or she's just you wore her she's down. She's changing. I wore her down. Maybe. What do you think know. it is? Do you think you wore her down, or do you think she actually has changed her position on such matters? Well, I'll keep I'll keep you updated. I guess we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> further data must be acquired. But it made me wonder what things. You know, that's only three years of what, however long we live. You know, decades of of togetherness. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure. I don't know. Do you have any any uh, experiences like that? Well, I you know when I watch my wife's character over the years of our marriage, mm-hmm. I wonder. You know, how much have I made her a better person and how much have I actually uh, <laughs> diminished her strengths because I wore her down? <laughs> and, you know, is she is she somehow uh, less strong or, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, well, she wouldn't even say, you know, crud before she met you. <laughs> you <know? laughs> but she would say bull. No, she got mad at bull. She would say crap. Oh. I'm like, how could you get upset at the word bull? When you can say crap, because <laughs> you know, question. that's a yeah, that's a crap is a very vivid word. Yeah, really, that's all semantics. That's all you know. <laughs> that's the no dancing kind of stuff. Is yeah, is like just just barriers on barriers on barriers. Very Not that you true. should let your kids just swear whatever they want to. You know, well, there are parents who do that. Really? Oh yeah, yeah. Hmm. I remember discovering the word crap. And I was like, this is so useful. I can use this <laughs> everywhere. And I was probably, we were in Montana, so I, at the oldest, I was six. And uh, I remember saying it once at home, and somebody was like, you can't, you can't say that. I was like, oh, well, that was fun while it lasted. Right. Yeah. Right. So that leads us right into our, kind of our topic of conversation today about um, these quirks that we all have, and we all have them. Mm-hmm. And uh, when when should a... Let's just say spouse for the sake of this conversation. But if you're not married and you've got an SO uh, and you're, you know, thinking about this might be the one uh, and we date because it's practice, you know, it's pretty good practice. Sure. <clears throat> but and even this is true for best friends, you know, uh, sometimes a friend of yours needs to step up and and confront something mm-hmm. in you. And sometimes they just need to let it roll. Sure. And so uh, I, I think. Let's frame it up this way. Uh, why did God create marriage? Like, um, I know that we procreate that way and we populate the earth. But um, marriage wasn't made, this is one of my favorite thoughts, marriage mm-hmm. wasn't designed to make you happy. It was designed to make you holy. Hmm. Because what marriage does is it reveals all of your flaws in a very small space. And you have to deal with them. Sure. And so... Uh, that's the power of marriage. Um, it's like a, it's like an only child versus a child with five siblings. You know, you learn negotiations and cooperation and conflict resolution. And uh, so I'm drifting here. Help me out, John. You're sitting there staring at me like I'm from Mars. <laughs> <clears throat> That's just my face. Man. <laughs> just, it's your fault, if anything. Okay. So, uh, it, it, so in a relationship. Mm-hmm. This is this is this is a philosophical idea that I have wrestled with really for quite some time, um, and and we're going to disclaimer this because um, both of us are married, mm-hmm. and our wives 
their stories are their stories to tell, not our story to tell. So we may use ourselves as an example and when we want our spouse to help us become a better person Mm -hmm. and when we want them just to stifle themselves and cheer us on, (laughs) even though we're wrong. Uh, This this turns out to be a pretty important part of a relationship. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I will not be, neither of us will be using examples of our wives. Um, uh, maybe we'll say something about our friends in their spouses <laughs> or, you know, hypotheticals. Yeah, we have lots of friends. Yeah, lots, so many. <laughs> um, yeah, that's actually, that's convicting already because I was already thinking of what examples I've had with Lindsay instead of the other way. So with my own characteristics. Yeah, like you have this ability to cut a corner and go in the exit door. Mm-hmm. Uh, is this a character flaw or is this an acceptable <laughs> way of life? And um, what should Lindsay's posture be about that? One for me, let's kind of, that's a, that one's so silly. Mm-hmm. One for me is the way I drive. Uh, I have had some feedback <laughs> <laughs> that I drive uh, dangerously. Sure. And I say I drive aggressively. It's, I want to get where I'm going as efficiently and rapidly as possible. Mm -hmm. But I don't consider myself an unsafe driver. But I have had uh, feedback once from, uh, uh, we took a staff retreat to another city and rented a van, and I was driving the van for the three days or whatever. Mm -hmm. And one of the staff members, when we were back in town, somebody said, "How did Sue asked him, how did Jim drive? And he said, like he was trying to kill us. <laughs> and so uh, I kind of made a rule at staff retreats and stuff, tra- staff uh, conference trips. I don't do the driving because I'm sick of the feedback. Well, yeah, clearly the feedback hasn't changed a thing. It's been this way for a very long time. Well, it has changed. And sometimes, you know, when we're all in a car, you have you have leaned over and said, hey, man, uh create a little margin yeah, and uh and i do when i when i when asked when asked yeah i do and and i want people to feel very safe in my vehicle so that's a growth area for me sure right that's a growth area so uh at what point you know is informing me of this growth area a good thing and at what point is it nagging and at what point is it Conflict. Now you're creating conflict. Sure. So I have a question then. Say this was replaced with something bigger. It was uh, propensity for uh, lying. Man, or, you're picking on me. No, not you. I'm just saying <laughs> for for our hypothetical exaggeration. Is, yeah. You know. Yeah. Or okay. something. Okay. Uh, at what point? You know, you've made a vow. You're going to be this person forever. At what point does your spouse just kind of let it go? It's been years and years and years, and just know he's going to lie. Yeah. Well, lying, uh, that's a big deal. Maybe it was a bad example. I was just trying to think of something more egregious. Well, I think, um, uh, how about uh, Lucy Goose with the facts? <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like something a liar would say. <laughs> well, the thing is, you know, some people, um, if, if, for example, they say, how many people were on that trip with you? Mm-hmm. And you might say a dozen, and there were 11. Sure. A detailed person can go, there wasn't a dozen, there was 11. Okay. Mm-hmm. And so should you be careful to say uh, there was 11? Or is it okay to say there's a dozen? This is what I mean by loosey-goosey with the truth. So gotcha. it's not like you're trying to mislead someone for a reason. Sure. 
preachers do do that with church attendance all the time. How many were there? You know, how many people? Whatever. Yeah. Uh, I hate that. 105, and you say there was hundreds. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah we. Yeah. Uh, I hate that. <laughs> but those are those are uh, deception with intent. Sure. Um, but just to say, you know, where the details don't matter to you, so you get ballpark. Mm-hmm. You know, is that a is that a correctable offense, or should you just get comfortable with saying in your mind that's probably not the right number? Regardless, my question is: at what point, <laughs> if ever, do you stop directing or or targeting the growth area for right. your spouse? Right. Yeah. Is there? Do you would you say there's a point for that? Well, I think, you know, when it becomes a wall, uh, when it now has become, uh, somebody said, uh, if it's new information to your friend or spouse, then that's not nagging. Hmm. But if it's repeated information they already know, that might be the definition of nagging. Sure. You're telling me something I already know. Um, that's when it starts. And then when you do that over and over and over and over and over again. That could become um, a problem. Hmm. So, have you have you ever had somebody, John, try to help you be a better person in a particular area, and you did not appreciate it? Mm, yeah, yeah. I was a uh, um, well for all through school, like especially uh, middle school for mm-hmm. whatever reason. Uh, I performed horribly in school. And uh, and you and mom tried everything. Yeah, that I mean, could we ever tried to tried. push every motivational button we could find, and there just wasn't one. It wasn't working. So, uh, for whatever reason, uh, I turned around mostly for high school when we moved up here, uh, and I didn't do great. But it wasn't it wasn't near as bad as the as, L, as, oh, a, sure, yeah. as middle school. Um, I don't remember not appreciating it. I remember it being generally miserable for all parties involved. But, <laughs> but I can confirm it was miserable for me. Yeah, but it wasn't like uh, I wish they'd just get off my case because I knew I was being an uncle. But yeah, um, yeah. But that and that's also you know I was a preteen. I was hormonal. It's a little different than than a adults in a in a relationship. Yeah. Let's talk about this question. Sure. You know the uh, people will go back to. Uh, creation and God putting Adam and Eve together. And when God made Eve, he said, I will make a help meet suitable for him. That's the word used there. Hmm. And, um, and that is, that word has its root in, in Ebenezer. Oh. Um, and so that is, uh, um, uh, Ezer or something like that. Anyway, hmm. that same language is used to describe the Holy Spirit. So when wow. Jesus said, I will send you another comforter right. who will come along and help you, this is the idea God had in marriage. I'm going to give you someone who's going to help you. So they're going to empower you. They're going to strengthen you. They're going to remind you. They're going to help you. Hmm. And so uh, when when these um, male-dominated world cavemen say, that is the woman's place to be my helper, and they manipulate that, what actually it would be equal to is is treating the Holy Spirit like he has a diminished role, sure, because he's just the helper, right? And um, so that's that's a pet peeve of mine is is it helps it helps me understand 
the value of husband wife when I see that language used of the Holy Spirit. Right. And that and surely the Holy Spirit is equal with God the Father, God the Son. And so there's an equality there of husband wife. Okay. So they're one. The two become one. Uh, and they have, I believe, this role toward each other. She doesn't just help him, but they have this helper role to each other. So, uh, yeah, there's this uh, idea, actually, it's really cool with um, uh, directing teams for movies. So, like, uh, the Russo brothers, who directed a, a string of recent Marvel movies, including um, the Avengers movies, uh, and uh, the Coen brothers, mm. stuff like that. Oh, yeah. And it's this principle that uh, two brains is not is not simply uh, as good as double. Right. Yeah. It's not simply one brain plus one brain. It's actually exponents. So you actually, you go beyond uh, doubling your capacity for creativity and problem solving because of the the kind of X factor there of the relationship itself. So you, and just kind of the nebulousness of, of the human brain. You, you uh, okay, you did it again. Nebulousness of the human brain. I mean, ness, I just threw on there, but nebulous, you know, it's like, <laughs> it's like, uh, you just threw on the ness. Yeah. What is nebulous? What does that mean? It's like. Cloudy. It's just kind of oh, okay. like a nebula okay. in space. You know what those look like? It's just kind of like a... Yeah. 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 Can't really get your arms around. Yeah, exactly. It's just kind of... There's uh, this thing. Slippery. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and so that seems to be kind of the X factor in successful marriages is you're not only double your capacity, you are... Exponentially. Uh, right. Yeah. Right. You are more than that. I love that. And they've had the example forever about the horse pulling contest. Hmm. How much weight can one horse pull as a big farmer hoe down county fair sure and so they're seeing how much which whose horse can pull the most weight and so they took the top two horses and they harnessed them together to see how much they could pull together and they pulled more than double the weight they had carried individually right they pulled exponentially more weight and so it's the same kind of concept that there's a synergy that happens and a multiplication of resource and this is such a cool idea for marriage if we could view our marriage this way where, man, this is a partner God has given me to exponentially increase our capacity together right? for all kinds of things, to love more deeply and to enjoy life more and to accomplish more. It's a cool picture. Yeah. So I have a question then, because uh, we're, we're kind of dodging around answers, because, I, 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 you know, it's a tricky, it's a nebulous situation. <laughs> um, there's a difference between, like, less... Bad character traits and sin, right? Those are different. If you're mm-hmm. like, you can be kind of obnoxious and not be sinful. That's you know, yeah. So uh, driving dangerous is not an inherently sinful characteristic. Do you think there are differences between um, those characteristics and your spouse and how you tackle those? So, so like, like I'm, I am less clean than Lindsay. <laughs> I didn't notice that except right at first. Right. Yeah. I wouldn't necessarily call that sin unless you want to take it all the way to sloth or whatever. But, and that is something that she has, you know, targeted. She has, oh, targeted the cleanliness or the slothfulness? The cleanliness. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, but you know, say it was something worse than that. My point is, do you, are those different features? I think it's a great distinction. You know, some things are frustrating and some things are just wrong. Right. And so should there be a line there? I'm, I'm, I'm kind of, um, well, I'm, I'm wanting to ask you, what do you want her to do? Do you want her to leave the frustrating things alone and only address the wrong things? Well, the, the selfish answer is 
I don't want to do anything. I want to <laughs> somebody, you know, just be be uh, lazy and and yeah. whatever my whole life. But that's not. It's like the two desires. It's like yeah. that's not what I yeah. really want. That's just the that's yeah. the comfort. You know, I've said multiple times in multiple places that the person I am today, after being married to Sue for thirty five years, is. Uh, it bears no resemblance to the man I would be if I did not have her in my life. Mm-hmm. Um, for these reasons, these these developmental reasons. Uh, one example for me is conflict. I just I just don't enjoy conflict, and I have a tendency. I I don't mind it now. Uh, for much of my life, mm-hmm. I couldn't stand conflict, and I would avoid it at all costs. Sure, which meant I would either you know suck it up and passive aggressively try to navigate or I'd cut and run like this isn't worth it to me anymore. And, uh, there was one particular scenario. Um, I was a pastor and in our church, there was this one person that was just irritating the snot out of me (laughs) constantly telling me how I should do this better. And I could do that better. And our church ought to be doing this. And, uh, God ought to be moving in our church in this particular way. And I just had enough. It just wasn't, you know, and I was distancing myself from this person. Sure. And Sue said, uh, do you know why you won't talk to that person honestly about how you feel? And I rolled my eyes and said, no, please tell me. <laughs> <laughs> and she said, cause you don't love them. Hmm. You just don't love them. And if you loved them, you would want this fixed. Sure. And it was like a whack on the side of the head. And I recognized that almost all of my navigation efforts in conflict were self-preserving and selfish yeah, and almost never aimed at the good of the other person. And it total was a paradigm shift in how I started to handle conflict situations. Sure. And I'm grateful for it. It was unpleasant for her to do it. She had to do it multiple times in, in me learning these lessons. Yeah. Uh, it was not a happy, these weren't the highlight reels of our marriage that I would put on tape. Mm-hmm. Uh, but man, I am profoundly a better person because of that. Yeah. And that, I wouldn't necessarily call that sinful aside from not loving somebody, which sure. is against the command, but that's not, you know, you weren't, um, I'm not, the examples are leaving me probably cause I don't want to bring up anything too distasteful, but you weren't like a. Having an affair or like, you know, right. anything like that. It you was, could have, you know, the, it gets blurry if uh, if you know your spouse is lying on their expense reports at work to get an yeah. extra source of money. Or if they're cheating on income taxes and you have to sign the tax return. It's a joint filing and right. and they're lying on the tax return for a bigger refund. And you, you have to sign that document. Um, so there are, there are, where it starts to get blurred, uh, those can be, those can be touchy. So I think what we can try to gravitate toward are some guiding principles. Sure. So um, how would, what would be your thought about, um, okay, this thing presents itself. Okay. Mm-hmm. Your spouse, uh, you see this, Ooh, uh, they hurt somebody. You're, you're in a crowd and you watch them say something that hurts someone mm-hmm. or you watch them navigate a conversation poorly. Do you talk about it or do you let it go? I, I probably talk about it. I'm trying to think of, uh, of examples of my own. Um, 
especially if it's recurring. Mm-hmm. So if it's, you know, I wouldn't jump on it uh, if it was like, you know, we've been in situations like this multiple times and this is the first time this has happened. Right. I would chalk it up to, you know. Just a bad day. Yeah, bad day. She's mad about something. I don't know. That's, mm-hmm. that's different than like a, a recurring problem. Yeah. Um, but yeah, if it's recurring, I would talk about it. I'd like to say I would talk about it. Um, but yeah, I don't know. What, what about you? Well, I think uh, I think the recurring thing is a great deal. Is this a pattern? Mm-hmm. Is this an individual experience or is it a pattern? And um, I think this can get harder as habits become ingrained or if these um, reactions are attached to a different part of life. And so say, say you have... Uh, uh, your your spouse is going through the grinder at work, and I mean work sure. is just hell on earth. They're getting a beat down after a beat down after a beat down, and then you see this pop into these conversations over here with other people. Not that they're related to work, but it's like the go home and kick the dog thing, right? And so, do I exercise compassion for a while because of how hard work is? Do I instead of focusing on that behavior, do I focus on the work? So let's let's go this way. What do you think your job? What do you owe, Lindsay? As her husband, what what do you owe her? Man, <laughs> uh, well, she would say a clean sink. Probably. <laughs> That's a joke. That's a joke. <laughs> Lindsay, please don't don't be mad. That was a joke. Um, I owe her uh, what I promised her. I I would give her so um, loyalty. Mm-hmm. Um, loyalty is probably chief. I would say even. Even if we're, you know, hating each other for a day, um, loyalty is probably the the baseline of what I what I promised. Mm-hmm. Um, and then on top of that, uh, assistance and and the the stuff the Holy Spirit does. Yeah. Um, so uh, uplifting, encouragement, encouragement. Yeah, we we can do this together. You're not by yourself. I, I'm here with you. Uh, we can get through this together. Yeah. Yeah. Those are those are essential. In fact, there's a there's a marriage counselor who developed the ability they did this study with um uh literally like 200 couples over a 20 year span Mm -hmm. and 20 years yeah and they kept videoing them their conversations wow and they would just periodically check in on them and they would they would put them in a room have them have a conversation they would video the conversation and they got where they could predict divorce among these couples with 98 percent accuracy no way and it was based on one trend disrespect hmm. when one of the spouses would roll their eyes at what the other one was saying uh, they they visually or verbally communicated total disregard for that person disrespect it's a matter of time that marriage is over wow and so one of the things we owe each other is to is to hey man i'm here to bear witness to your life and i'm here to be that safe place where if the whole world turns against you i won't and that gets tested if the if if the whole world's not turning against them, you are like right. this wound is personal. You're hurting me, and and I'm supposed to be the one who's got this safe place for you, but you're hurting me. You know. Yeah. So what do you do then? Because respect. Uh, you said you had a list of principles. Are you okay if I deviate a little? Yeah. Bit? Let's okay. go. Yeah. Um. So so the, you want to respect the. Um, especially with uh, fears, mm-hmm. feelings, mm-hmm. 
Um, what do you do if you think one of these things is that you shouldn't respect it, you should deal with it and, and make them realize that it's irrational? Excuse me. Yeah, so... Um, uh, so, like, make them feel heard, but also that, that say it's a fear. That, hey, this is something you need to overcome. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I had a conversation with Sue a week or so ago about an, an aha I was having about this kind of conversation. And it was the concept of the man behind the curtain. So, the Wizard of Oz, right? right. Um, he's got this loud, powerful Oz voice and all these special effects to make people think that he's the huge, powerful Oz. And really behind the curtain is this frail old man who's scared out of his mind. Mm-hmm. And um, my question was, what do you do with the man behind the curtain in your life? Because all of us have that. We present publicly right. the best version of ourselves. But in the quiet place, we have this, we have this guy behind the curtain that um, is afraid or insecure mm-hmm. or arrogant or whatever it might be. And I was playing around with this notion and realizing what I need to do with the man behind the curtain is I don't need to coddle him. I need to crucify him. Mm. I need him to die to himself so that Christ can live through him. Right. And he can overcome um, those those um, depravities, really. Right. Right. And so what do I need from my spouse in that? I don't need her to feed those depravities. I don't need her to to say, well, don't touch my little boy. He can, he can be, he can throw a fit. He can, <laughs> right. I need her to right. help me crucify him. But the hard part, and, and I know there were times in Sue and I's conversations over the years where I would equate this to war. Hey, uh, we're in war out there. Lot, you know, life is hard and I need you to make sure that you're in the trench next to me with your weapon pointed at our common enemy. Sure. And the the minute I believe you're in the trench across from me and your weapon is pointed at me, it's game over. Because now I don't view you as trying to help me. I view you as trying to attack me. Right. And it could be and was many times that, that she wasn't trying to attack me, but my insecurities Were, convinced me. Yeah, amplified that. that. That she's attacking me. And so these are where the landmines are in this course of navigation. And so, um, so I think what, what I owe Sue is to be the one person, if the whole world turns against you, I will not. Mm -hmm. And, um, it certainly, uh, ideologically, I will be here forever. You're not going to get rid of me. Like I'm here, um, at the same time. and, And so my role in any kind of confrontation is to do that extremely privately never diminish her value her stock publicly in front of sure. anyone else it kills me when i see people talk about their spouse to other people in a negative way that should never happen uh, always deal with that in-house and present their best face publicly that you yeah. possibly can but i need but in the private place um, man part of my job is to help her overcome these adversaries some that might even just be in her own psychology. Right. So then uh, another question. Uh, let's move on to these other principles, and I'll do the question after our uh, our little commercial break. That's okay with you? Yeah, that's fine. So the first one was respect, right? Yeah, I think I think you have to. Uh, you have to. It's it's always fascinating to me that we will treat strangers with more respect than we will treat the people we love and do our mm-hmm. lives with. 
Um, and it should be the other way around. And if you're, you know, the one person you should never disrespect is the one you given your life to. Right. But it's so counterintuitive and it's uh, so natural to let your guard so down that you communicate harshly and roughly and without filter. And um, we really should filter our communication with each other out of respect for each other. I, if I'm going to go unfiltered, I'll go meet a stranger and tell him how terrible he is, sure. but not the woman I love and give my life to. Right. So respect is massive. And I know for men, when they feel disrespected, that what, what does a man want most from his wife? He, wa- he wants her to respect him, mm-hmm. to, to have confidence in him. My man can do anything kind of thing. Right. So uh, I think that's a huge principle. I think another principle is that um, I don't need you to change for me to keep loving you. That's so great. that's the unconditional acceptance part. Yeah. I'm going to encourage you to change. I'm going to encourage you to overcome these uh, challenges that you face. But I'm going to love you whether you win or lose that battle. Mm-hmm. I'm going to accept you forever. That's really hard. Yeah. But I think that's a powerful thing to do. That's that's really great. One of the things uh, one of the things I've been thinking about for young couples, you know, the divorce rate's pretty high. People are waiting longer to get married. You know, marriage is not doing great mm-hmm. uh, culturally. And I see these couples going to throw in the towel like they've, they've been married six, eight, ten years, and they're going to throw in the towel. And everything in me just wants to say, man, if you will hold on, if you will hold on, uh, the fruit of longevity is so sweet. There was another long study I read about just a few weeks ago where they took these couples and um, and they did not over a over a a 15 year period, they did not improve the the issues they had in those 15 years. All they did was stick it out. Hmm. And all of them at the end of that 15 years said, I love my marriage more than ever. So issues like any issues they had 15 years ago, they yes. never, they didn't resolve them. them. Yeah. These frustrating things that we do to each other, uh, you know, they, they just said, we're not leaving each other. Like we, this, we know. And all they did was make it 15 more years. You know, they didn't have substantive changes and they all were happier married 15 years later, just by virtue of time. Why? Cause you're bearing witness to each other's lives. Your kids are getting older. You're living life. Man, we should address our issues. That's not what I'm saying. I'm just talking right. about the, the 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 incredible sweetness of longevity. Sure. Why? Why do these young these older couples? You see a young couple be hypersensitive if they tease each other in front of somebody. Sure, right? They, they, that can happen. Where man, you hurt my feelings. You shouldn't do that. But you watch these couples who've been married for 50 years. They incessantly tease each other in front of others. Why? Mm-hmm. Because they know that they unconditionally love each other. So we can tease each other because I don't think you're actually taking shots at me. I know that you love me and will never leave me. Right. That's an enormous strength for a relationship. Yeah. That confidence uh, allows them to do that. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. And uh, I had a a guy years ago, um, a minister, divorced his wife. And when asked why. He said, it's not supposed to be that hard. Hmm. He said, if the marriage is right, if the couples belong together, then it will be easy. 
That was his his statement. Weird. How long were they married? Marriage should be easy. They were married eight years. And he said marriage should be easy. Hmm. I don't know of any... I don't even have a relationship with myself that is easy. <laughs> sure. <laughs> Let alone with another human being. Right. That's really crazy. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah. Uh, it's about commercial break time. All right. Let's do it. Awesome. So we are, as you know, upstream with Jim and John. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we have a, a sort of broader platform called jimandjohn.com if you want to go on there. Mm-hmm. No and H in the John. No H in John. And uh, spell out A-N-D. Uh, and on there we have a blog. Uh, you can check out the uh, the first book we've r- written. Uh, uh, you'll have links to our social media on there. And uh, the whole goal of the platform is this. Is our is kind of we, we love doing uh, Upstream. And we want to get, to get out there to write more books. And all of that is to uh, assist people who are already Christians, who already given their lives to Christ, but are kind of uh, stuck or lost a little bit of momentum. Um, or even if you, uh, Christians who are, who are doing great in, as as we say, the, um, the private place with mm-hmm. God, mm-hmm. Uh, but who don't have a community as much or don't have a mentor, all of these, these kinds of hurdles we want to uh, help people with. And uh, and that's kind of a bigger mission. So if you want to, yeah, we figure out more about us. Yeah, Jim yeah, John you can now. read our bios. You can kind of read what we're trying to accomplish. And a couple of kind of announcement kind of things. First of all, um, if you will contact us, this is the last uh, ten days or so, because at the end by September thirtieth, all of our listeners who have contacted us with an email at info at jimandjohn dot com or through. Uh, Instagram or Twitter or whatever, mm-hmm. if you contact us, your name goes into a drawing for a free copy of The Pursuit, and we'll send that out to you, and we'll make that drawing on October 1. So uh, there's a thing there. Um, secondly, uh, I've been in this master's program and uh, finishing my, my almost second year of that, and um, I am two weeks away from my coursework being completely finished and finishing that degree. Yeah, I'm excited about that. And that's been taking 15 to 20 hours a week of time to complete. So I'm about to get a raise of free time (laughs) by 15 to 20 hours a week. And so that is the starting line, which is really that first week of October. That's our starting line to amp up Jim and John even more. So we're going to get more aggressive uh, in improving this product we're going to get more aggressive in writing more uh, we're going to start actually working on book uh, content and so uh, good news is coming so thanks for tagging with us for this long some of you may already be partners of ours and you're going well when is something going to happen and i just want you to know man the first of october that first week of october that's going to be a new starting line for us to go we believe a whole nother notch uh, forward together so thanks for your support thanks for your patience there we're very excited. Yeah. Yeah. Any kind of uh, uh, the the book is an incentive and any kind of information or, or story ideas, questions, anything at all. Oh, we'd love uh, to hear back from yeah, you. Yeah. Info at Jim and John uh, or even comments on uh, uh, Instagram. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Anything. That's great. So uh, I have a question and I think uh, the marriage episode was feels like a lifetime ago. So I might have already asked this, but clearly the answer wasn't satisfactory, so I wouldn't be asking it again. So I, don't, <laughs> I don't have the answer. What episode are we on, by the way? Is this 22? This is 22, yeah. Episode 22. Yeah. Hey, Knox, that's pretty good. That's Not awesome. Bad, yeah. yeah. Um, okay, uh, so your question. Yeah, the question, The even so the ideal marriage is you, you see, mostly you said you still want to filter stuff 
communication wise, not live, but not just word vomit on each sure, other. Sure, sure. Uh, but you're still going to know each other better than anyone else. Absolutely. You must. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, what if, what do you do? Say you want to confront something. So like, say, uh, um, I don't know. This well, I'll come up with with a fictional one. So so I leave the kitchen dirty, right? Mm-hmm. That's just that's just uh that's a no that's fact. a way of life. I've yeah. been I've confessed it mm-hmm. to the to the the public. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and uh, I get tired of uh, Lindsay leaving her shoes in the doorway. I'm always tripping over these shoes. Okay, and I want to say, hey, could you quit leaving your shoes there? And then all she has to do is poke her head in the kitchen and say, yeah, I'll I'll move my shoes the minute that right. kitchen's clean. Right. So now let's just amplify all those stakes. Yeah. What do you do when, when you both know all of each other's faults and you want to confront something, but there's, you know, yeah, there's, there's no hiding. There is no hiding. And you know, what's interesting is, uh, uh, James Dobson has said for years that a man can revolutionize his marriage by praying with his wife 30 seconds a day hmm. and men struggle to pray with their wives out loud. And this I think is exactly why, because they feel like a phony. She knows I never cleaned the kitchen when she asked me 17 times to do it. Now she thinks I'm just trying to act like I'm spiritual and get her and kind of pull the wool over her eyes. Right. And that's why I think men struggle to pray with their wives. So, uh, man, we need this kind of transparency and safety. Uh, We won't be vulnerable if we feel unsafe. So one of the biggest things we can do for each other is provide a safe place for vulnerability to happen. Now, ironically, I think the thing that helps that the most is the best marriages are between two assertive people. Hmm. So an assertive person is able to say, I wish, I want, I like it when you, I don't like it when you, I wish we would, I wish we wouldn't. Sure. And most of the time we don't just come out and say what we want, what we think, you know, we hint and we uh, play games, play games and, and hope they will guess and we want them to read our mind. And so uh, this really is a factor with this whole conversation is the ability to be able to to say without attack and without intent of harm or seeking, you know, re- any kind of revenge or anything to just say, man. It means a lot to me when this happens. Mm-hmm. And when this happens, it feels, it, it creates a, it, there's a feeling that rises up in me that is wounded or that, that is, that hates that, you know, those kind of conversations. Sure. Conflict terrifies us, but it's actually the best pathway to intimacy. Hmm. That's why they have makeup sex because <laughs> Uh, you know, you have this huge conflict and when you resolve it, there's an, there's a deeper level of intimacy, mm-hmm. excitement about each other. So actually conflict is a gift when navigated well. So, uh, sure. so I think the, the ability to, to say what you feel and what you think, um, one of the skills I learned in this book called uh, Crucial Conversations, I think we mentioned this book in a previous episode, but mm-hmm. it is amazing. Can't recommend it enough. Is the idea that um, we gather some facts, okay? You have not cleaned the kitchen now four days in a row. You've neglected it. You've neglected it. You promised me you would do it. You neglected it. You promised you didn't. You promised you didn't, okay? Mm-hmm. 
So then a story forms potentially in Lindsay's mind. And that story is he doesn't care about me. He doesn't regard me. He doesn't respect me. He thinks I'm a dog. He, he, he thinks I have no more dignity than a dog. This story can start to <laughs> snowball. Sure. Right. And we all do it. Yeah. So then the worst thing she can do is introduce the subject with that story. Sure. Why do you think I'm a worthless dog? <laughs> what? Right. What? And she points to the kitchen. And you go, I'm lazy. Mm-hmm. That has nothing to do with you. It has to do with me. I'm lazy. But to her, there's a story that is formed, and we all do it. So this crucial conversations idea is don't start with your story. Start with your facts. So in that conversation, she would say, you know, um, three times now you've asked, you've told me you'd clean the kitchen and three times you haven't done it. And I'm starting to wonder if you don't respect my desire for a clean house. If you, if you think that's not important, which makes me then wonder if I'm not important to you. Sure. Now I, but so how do you, so help me with this. Um, tell me the facts as you see them and tell me your story. That invites uh, honesty and comparison and shared meaning rather than rather than hey here's the story I know it's true <laughs> and I got facts to back it up right <laughs> no, I hope that great. makes sense because that's no, that a powerful it, yeah it's a powerful different way to communicate yeah no that makes a lot of sense in the um, uh, the uh, feeling of self-worth or, or lack thereof that comes with like you said, with the prayer thing and mm-hmm. thinking, uh, oh, she's just looking at, at all of this. That's probably more in my head than it is in reality. Yeah. Uh, and uh, yeah, no, that all is helpful. couple of thoughts. Please. When, you, when, you, when it's just a thing that frustrates you, mention it here or there. Don't make it a hill to die on. If it's sin, part of your role is to help. Let's keep, let's keep navigating this. Mm-hmm. If it's debilitating... But then, what if it's uh, what if it's um, a disability? What if it's chemical? What if it's mental illness? What if it's um, deep emotional wounds from history? Right, and now this this thing really needs clinical attention. Um, those are those are those are so different. Sure, and and we should approach them differently in our relationships. The thing I would say is always be an advocate and always inspire them to keep, to not give up, man, don't give up on this. Mm -hmm. I'm not giving up on you and I don't want you to give up on this and encourage seeking of resources that can help. It's funny when, when, so (laughs) much of our married life, Sue has said, you really should have a therapist. (laughs) And... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> when we came to Olympia, you know, Evergreen is a sizable church. I think it was about 1,400 people at the time. And mm-hmm. and uh, when we came here, she said, now you can get a therapist. And I said, what? <laughs> she said, all large church pastors have therapists. It's kind of a cool badge of honor they have. Wow. <laughs> and so now you can, you can get a therapist and everybody will think that's what big church pastors do. And it's so funny. Huh. And, uh, but she has always advocated to have a safe place to just keep processing the deep wounds of the soul mm-hmm. or these areas where you should grow. And I think if you can cheer that on and, but still stay in the advocacy seat, not the attack uh, enemy seat, that's a huge deal. 
That is awesome. I think that and uh, my takeaway for for the episode is that and the um, the respect point. I think that mm-hmm. is huge. And uh, um, I've put myself pretty low. I don't, don't think I disrespect Lindsay hardly ever, but the, but to keep it in mind because I it was one of the, it just kind of like smacked me on the head. I was like, oh, mm-hmm. of course that's a huge deal, and it wasn't even in my equation. So uh, yeah. keeping that on the on the dashboard, um, and uh, and keeping it the the trench analogy, keeping you two side by side on that. Those are both those are both huge. I think that's good with with conflict uh, specifically. That's good. So uh, let me let's finish with this. Um, those of you listening, you may notice we are both of the male gender, mm. <laughs> which means we have blind spots about as big as the state of Texas. <laughs> so I would love to, especially hear from female listeners who would say, "Yeah, but." or think of this, or here's something you didn't think of. Mm-hmm. And we could wrap this into another episode of helping us learn from a wife perspective. Uh, and if and, and so hopefully if you're a female listener, you'll have the courage to send us some, please, some thoughts. We would really value that. Yeah, and another thing, we mentioned uh, briefly that this applies to platonic relationships. And I just want to say if you're uh, single, whether you want to be or not, uh this still has applications for you, and uh, and we don't think because we, we mentioned the power of multiple minds mm-hmm. that can be achieved with platonic relationships, and you have the spirit who is this same relationship. Yeah. Uh, so uh, um, hopefully this didn't make you feel at all like you were missing out on on a huge aspect of life, um, because there are uh, there's plenty of this these truths available oh, yeah. to you, and we need these relationships in our friendships too. Yeah. One of the things you know we offer a. Uh, a marriage community development system at Evergreen called Reengage, and uh, one of the mantras of that is: um, if you're having trouble in your marriage, take out a sharpie, draw a circle around yourself, and fix everything in that circle. <laughs> <laughs> and that is still always the best rule. That's pretty for good. addressing any conflict in any relationship. First, do that. You know, that's funny. And uh, I think that's a great that's a great ending point for today. That's awesome. Okay, we will see you guys next week for episode 23. Yes. Thanks for listening. Have a great day.